0: You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi. And welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi. This is episode number 1000. 59 and for those of you that are listening to us live on the oc talk radio stream or maybe on facebook live from oc talk radio's facebook page this is our last show of calendar year 2017 and i'm so excited to be ending the show with my friend wayne pinnell he's the managing partner for haskell and white you know all firms regardless of their size do deserve consideration and the highest level of service. And I know that Haskell and White, they build on the success by providing their clients with true value of their varied experience. That's why I've asked the managing partner, Wayne Pinnell, who's been on this show before. And as you guys know, he's in our book, The Guiding Principles book. This is in its third book uh, Wayne is in here and I'll find the page and maybe, you know, we can refer back to that, but he's a repeat guest and we don't have a lot of guests uh, back a second time, but I wanted him to come on and just kind of talk about all things kind of end of the year and a bit about his organization. But before we get there, I'm going to start by asking Wayne, tell us a little bit about yourself. Any interesting stories or something you want to share with our audience of business owners? Interesting stories. You know, it's, it's, uh, I'm thirty some
1: odd years into this career in public accounting, so I've seen a lot. I've got a lot of stories. I'll probably make some good book writing someday of my own. Um, but I think where we're at today, it's an interesting time with the economy change, the political environment, the social environment that's out there. Uh, there's a lot of things as we know going through Congress today that I'm sure right. you want to get to at some point. Yeah. But a uh, bit. you know, when I when I look at uh, where we're at in in my career in helping clients, I see a lot of clients as I started as a, a base auditor of financial information to where I've moved to a transaction advisor consultant, I do see a lot of people think about planning, but they stop at thinking about planning. They don't actually get to the planning. And as we we talk to clients, they all know they're going to transition out of a business someday. Right. So what we really want to talk to them about and really get them to think harder about what is that going to look like and how do they make the best opportunity for themselves? Because we often get the clients that call, let's say, I just got an LOI, now what do I do? And we could have done something about that a little bit earlier.
0: So with your decades of experience. And oh, decades. Thanks. Decades, multiple decades. <laughs> why is it that business owners are reluctant to properly plan for a, an exit out of the business? Because it's many times it's a huge part of their net worth is the valuation of that business. That's true. And I, th- I think,
1: you know, I'm not a psychologist, but sometimes you got to play one okay. in, in the consulting side here. Okay. Disclaimer. Uh, He's disclaimer, not a psychologist. psychologist. <laughs> Playing okay. one on radio. Right. Um. People will generally have one built-in excuse. It's time. So, so finding the time to plan properly and think about the future. I think the other one is really a, uh, a built-in sense of mortality or or morbidity that transitioning out of that business, especially if you're going to a full retirement age, Mm. there is going to be a loss of identity. And then now what do I do? And that's, that's probably going to be very hard for a lot of people to face. And I got a few years left and I got to think about well, what's that going to mean for me when you stop doing what you do every day mm-hmm. because you have transitioned out of the business.
0: Right. So, so did you just give us a scoop here that were you, when you personalize that, are you actually talking about yourself or you just, no, that's general. You're just speaking no, about I'm, a client. You were just I'm, in character. I'm character. Cause you I'm know, the, for the other partners at Haskell White might be no, going, no, 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 Hey, no, no, no. he's thinking about leaving. No, no, no. All no, right. Now no, let's I'm, a food fight for that job. No, no, I'm be, I'll be here for years. Okay. So. That's comforting to know, <laughs> but you also you work with, Private companies, but you also work
1: with public companies. Yeah, I mean, our our firm actually works with, um, well, we'll say middle market companies, both private and public, and a number of nonprofits. So mm-hmm. we do we do spread our expertise around quite a bit. Our um, our public company practice has been growing for years. We have pre revenue public companies that are in biotech and other type uh, R and D avenues, uh, up through ones that are in the half billion dollar range. So we've got quite a range there. Right. Our private companies are. You know, similarly sized, uh, probably our sweet spot is between the 20 and 100 million, but we have some larger certainly, and some that are still in that you know, formative stage just out of the box getting going. So, the nonprofits we work with in the community, um, you know, generally they're going to be two million dollar budgets and up because they're required to have the audits. But uh, if, if anybody visited our webpage, we'll give you that address later. We've yes, got relationships with some 40. Nonprofits that we either work with as clients or that we provide expertise to boards or otherwise support organizations.
0: So I'm going to go off script here a little bit, but it's kind of within the question number two, which is what makes your firm uh, unique and why people do business with you. My my sense is, help me understand this way: by having such a diverse client portfolio, are there things you see that public companies are mandated to do that you try to instill as a best practice in private companies? I mean, is there any is there any sharing that way that you you and your team see? I would say
1: certainly. And, and we have to be careful when we audit a private company. We can't hold them to the same standards as a public company. But there's certainly a lot of the, the governance activities that you can say have been imposed on public companies. But right. a lot of these are good things that companies need to understand if they're going to grow up. And perhaps maybe some of those public company, private companies rather, will become public companies someday. They need to know about those things. Right. I actually think that the nonprofit entities have a lot that. of... Next things that they do really well right. partly because of mandates coming from other directions so yes. I think some some private companies could probably learn a lot from nonprofit counterparts
0: I completely agree I think in the especially in the area of strategic development of the of the brand and of the organization and of the people I mean I think there's more genuine thought put into the future of a nonprofit than a similar sized private company
1: well in what I, I'll tag on that and say you know you need to digest it I think you have got a company that sells a product they' are short of introducing new products they're going to look for new audiences or new ways to market that product nonprofits have a mission but they have to find new money every year <laughs> yeah. and so they're not their sales are not sales their right. sales are convincing people at a heartstring that they are donating to a cause that those people believe in it's a totally different mindset to go out and generate the, the sales revenue, if you will, I knew I just did air quotes and nobody could see that. Right. But, well, but, they can oh, see you on Facebook. But the uh, but the sales revenue is going to be totally different for a nonprofit. Right. And so they do have to continually reinvent themselves and keep up with causes. And it's not that private companies can't or don't, but there's a, a
0: different mindset. there. Well, we've been doing this program nine years now. And the, the change in the... And I just had Janie Best from Women Helping Women here on the radio show, WHW, and, and the move to... Being, being able to generate their own revenue, you know, social enterprise, call it what you will. But that has really been empowering for me to see how these nonprofits aren't just waiting for the county or the state or federal money. They're actually out there creating revenue streams on their own that allow them more control. Well, in some cases, future. they've quite frankly, they've had to because all the government okay. money hasn't been available. Well, then there's that. Necessity is so, the mother of invention. Right. All right, we're talking with Wayne Pinnell. He is the managing partner, the L Jefe, if you will, at Haskell <laughs> & White, right? LLP. What advice are you giving your clients who are either business owners or CEOs of privately held companies? Regar- and I don't need to get into an exhaustive, I just like at the very, just at the top level, what advice are you sharing with them based on what your firm knows so far about what appears to be in the new tax laws? Right. So my disclaimer is, of course, I'm not the tax guy. I have tax partners
1: and, and folks that handle that stuff. But, you know, I think the basics still hold true. Uh, if we are looking at a lower tax rate for next year, which, you know, just hours ago the House did vote uh, affirmative to pass the bill with some technicalities. I've got a re-vote. Senate might vote tonight. If you're looking at lower tax rates next year, um, Some of the the sage advice that's been there year in and year out is still appropriate is defer what revenue you can into 2018 (laughs) and accelerate the expenses that you can (laughs) into 2017 so you can reduce your burden this year and and have a a lesser burden next year. Uh, For the upper level folks, uh, one of the things that may be hitting a little harder to Californians and New Yorkers and some of the other higher tax states is they are putting some limitations on the deductibility of local taxes, such as property and income taxes. So um, other alternatives might be go ahead and make that April installment payment for your property tax before the end of the year so you can at least get that into uh, 2017 and reduce the um, the non-deductibility, you will, if mm-hmm. you will, for the limitation next year. Um, One caution to everybody out there is there still is a sense of alternative minimum tax. So even for individuals. Oh, there is. Yeah. Um, So even I have it in my return. (laughs) So even as you go through the calculations, don't let that one sneak up behind you. But uh, I would say, you know, you've only got a couple weeks left to do any solid planning. So consult your tax advisor. If you don't have one and, and we're the right fit for you, give us a call.
0: Haskell and White, LLP. All right. We're going to take our first and only short commercial break here on critical mass radio show when we come back i'm going to ask you about kind of how your company provides services and you're also proactively promoting the success of your clients and kind of how you're working with your firms to grow because one of the senses that i got i've gotten from your brand and tell me um i think you're really good with companies that are growing quickly and that are a you know, on a path to something different in the future than today. There are a lot of privately held companies sure. that are pretty steady state. Nothing wrong with that. Matter of fact, I think Not lifestyle companies, That's huge. That's wonderful. But fast growth companies, they seem to have a little different ma- mindset and maybe demands of their partners. They do. So uh, maybe you can share a little bit of that with our audience when we come back. Certainly. Okay. Don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to be right back after this word from me. <laughs> and learn more about our executive peer group. Welcome back to Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi. You know, a great way to stay informed about our amazing guests like Wayne Pannell, managing partner, Haskell & White, is to sign up for our weekly newsletter. If you go to my website, www. dot at the bottom of any page, at the bottom of any page is a sign up for our newsletter box. If you put your, newsla- your email address in there and hit send, like magic, you'll start receiving just one weekly newsletter on Monday morning that highlights the two guests that we have planned, two or four guests we have planned for that week. We do nothing else with your email. We don't share it any other place. We just put it into the newsletter database. You can opt out of it at any time, but hopefully you won't because you love the guests that we have here. Uh, And this is, like I said, the last show for the year, so you'll be picking up newsletters for 2018. All right, so I kind of set up the question I wanted to ask you. So tell me a little bit more about, you know, you're the managing partner where is the proactive value of Haskell & White and how you help your clients? Well, I think part of it comes from our our organization structure in
1: that with the 80-some-odd people we have with 11 partners built in there, our our partners, first of all, are very active in all of our client engagements. And so um, when we're working with clients, I think there's a different spin. We could be historians and do the audit. We could be historians and do the tax returns. But the reality is we'd rather help clients plan feverishly for the future Um, looking one, three, five years out. And so when we have clients that are thinking about a transition of their business, whether it's through a sale, through a registered offering with with the security exchange, there's a lot of planning that goes into that. So we have resources because we've done it before, uh, and we we have clients that are in all of those stages, so we Mm -hmm. can draw upon the experiences from one to another. Uh, You mentioned earlier nonprofits versus public versus private. There's something that you can pick up in our profession from every one of them and bring – to the table for another client to use to help them with their growth along the way. So we certainly have to stay abreast of the regulatory environment, tax, SEC, and other, to, to help clients navigate those waters. Right. But there's uh, a lot of things that can be done when companies are going from no revenue to, you know, millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions right. of revenue. They, they, need, they need counsel at all those stages, and it's not just from us. Sometimes it's us bringing other advisors to the table as well.
0: Yeah, but you have to have the chops to be able to do that. I mean a, a pre revenue public company that's in some high tech or me- biomed space, that's a different psyche, I think. Mm-hmm. A- and you really have to be able to deliver them the services I'm putting words in your mouth, but you tell me. No, no, My no. sense is there are there are demand that's a demanding ask. It's to a, support it's them. It's a
1: demanding ask and you know, biotechs are interesting just as an aside on that because You know, it takes many, many years and millions upon millions of dollars to get to the point where they have a product. Yes. And, you know, may or may not make it, right? But they've got to be able to go deal with the market cycles to bring the money in. So they are marketing a vision. Mm -hmm. It's uh, probably a little bit like the nonprofit comment I made earlier. Right. They're really marketing a vision for a success that has to be tested, you know, through all the science and everything else. Really hard documents for us to read, by the way, as accountants, but, you know, Mm -hmm. we, we do get to being on the ground floor on some of these things and, and see what it is they're trying to achieve.
0: Right. And, and no way am I trying to say a steady state, $5 million, $10 million, $20 million manufacturing company that has been making widgets in Orange County successfully for generations isn't a demanding customer as well. Well, let's face
1: it. There are companies that are niche players. They may have command of that niche for whatever reason. The, the, it's the, the price, it's the product, the quality, the service, whatever they have. I don't think a company can stay the same for a long time because I think, you know, if anything, today's economy, fast-moving, what we have is if you're not growing, you're probably really shrinking. Mm -hmm. And so there are companies that are so-called stable. I've had some before that you feel like you go look at the same numbers every year. But they really need to be thinking, again, I'll I'll keep harping on this, is what is really out there three, five, ten years from now? Because that product you have today may be serving a niche. That niche may not be there five, ten years from now.
0: Well, you know, uh, in the peer groups that I lead, we've been looking at how technology is disrupting different industries and even down to the job level. You know, Mm -hmm. last month in November, I showed them a video of the 15 jobs that are most likely to be taken out by artificial intelligence and machine learning. Was it counting on the list? It was, actually. Mm -hmm. But I was going to lead that into a question about (laughs) off script, but... Yeah, you know, how? What's your philosophy on technology inside of Haskell and White?
1: Well, I, you know, we try to stay up with technology as best we can, and we ha- we certainly don't have the same budgets that our bigger competitive brethren have. Um, so we we find that we may be behind, say, the big four, mm-hmm. but we stay up as best we can. That there is a huge thing sneaking its way through the the economy, and you hear about the you know things like Bitcoin and the blockchain sure. and all this stuff, and it's 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 fascinating. Um, it's, it's hard to get your hands and minds around and our clients, quite frankly, aren't there yet. So, you know, I think with anything, it's going to be a trickle down effect and, and we'll be there when we need to be there. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's a lot of learning that's going to happen. And I think we're going to see a lot of things that advance to make accounting, tax reporting, financial reporting, stronger, faster, more transparent, uh, you know, help the end user really make some decisions that they can't necessarily make because of the speed we
0: have today. You know, you uh, we're going to move on to the next question here because we have a few minutes left on Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast with our guest, Wayne Pennell, the final guest of the year here in 2017 from Haskell and White. Um, but I have noticed your brand and you personally at a number of organizations, events, You your firm and you seem to sponsor, I'm not asking you for specific <laughs> names, but I'm really impressed with your level of commitment to the Orange County community where you show up at places helping out organizations by either funding something or sponsoring a table or doing something. Are you sure this is me or my clone? Uh, I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. Cause yes, you seem to be right. everywhere. Right. So, so the, uh, it really goes back to,
1: you know, something on one of our founders, Dave White you know, had said way back. I've been with firm for 22 years now. And Dave, Dave was always very strong about giving back to the community where we work and live. And that's really held strong all these years firm's 30 years old in 2018. And it's been doing this you know, quite a long time. Um, most, if not all, of our partners are involved in at least one organization. Many of our managers are. It's part of our coaching with our managers. Hmm. You got to get out there. You got to be part of the community. You got to be visible. It's not just trade organizations. It's social causes. It's educational causes. Some of them are actually governmental type causes. Um, so where we can and it fits what we're we're supporting because we have a heart for it, um, I always tell people to don't go get involved in something because you're going to get business from it. Get involved in it because you want to be there and you understand the mission. You support the mission. Right. Business leads may follow someday, but if if you're there just to get business and you're not there with a smile on your face doing the work with everybody else, they all get it and you soil
0: your name and you soil our name so let's not do that way that's good advice if i had an engineer i'd probably say ring the gong but you know i don't know that i have an engineer today because he's off doing other things but wait a minute oh there we go i'm just teasing him we tease because we care the uh gong for our loyal listeners No, if you weren't quite tuned into everything you may want to skip back 30 seconds and pick up wayne's answer at least the end of the answer (coughs) of the questions i just asked him you know i i know that you're personally involved as a founding member of a Newly forming think tank here in Orange County. I wonder if you could share a little bit about this organization that I've heard about called the Center for Business Growth. Certainly. So what we're trying to put together, actually,
1: what we have put together that we're launching here pretty shortly is is a new forum for um, CEOs, uh, owners, C-level people throughout entrepreneurial, growing companies that really need to get advice, and sit with peers that they can't get through other organizations, because there's many organizations out there that seem to be focused on much larger entities. Mm-hmm, right. So there's a lot of smaller companies that uh, can sit around table with like-kind uh, folks and hear about the things they've done, learn from each other, bring things to the table to talk about. But what we're really going to put together is a, a faculty, if you will, mm-hmm. of, of advisors from Various types of uh, service, you know, marketing, like, uh, legal, accounting, obviously, to really help them. And where we need to, different th- with the different forums of the events, we'll have outside speakers come in, maybe with some from from colleges and universities, possibly political, who knows. Um, bring those in there so we can create an environment of learning that they can feel like they get something out of. Because there's many events out there that you can walk away from and not feel like you learned a darn thing. Right, you were sold something. Right. 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 Yeah. Well. Yeah. And it's it, the idea, and it's a good point. The idea here is not to be marketing, marketing, marketing. Come to our event and buy me, buy a service from me. Right. Let's let's grow together and learn from each other, and let's kind of make the world a better place for the middle market entrepreneur.
0: I, I'm going to keep my eye on that because, frankly, I think that's sorely missing here in Orange County. I think that a, a true forum like this, uh, where business owners can come and learn from other business owners from, and from vetted experts in a non-selling mm-hmm. way, is Awesome. So yeah, I, I you, just, you mentioned events. I go to a lot of events that are meant to attract
1: the CEOs and owners, but we do see a, a, quite a heavy population of service providers
0: all looking for those owners. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, well. Okay. Final question. If someone would like to learn more about Haskell & White, how would they find your firm online, sir? So online, we're at uh, hwcpa.com.
1: Of course, that's preceded by the infamous www. But you can also track us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook.
0: Well, I, I appreciate you coming back on the show. You've been a friend of the program for quite some time. You're a part of the critical mass community, Wayne Pinnell. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Thank you for being our final guest. I've really you enjoyed too,
1: it. I consider it an honor to be the last guest of the year. That's yeah, great.
0: That's thank awesome. You. I'm very excited when you agreed to be on the show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go because we're up against our time limit here. I'd like to thank Paul Roberts for another awesome year as engineer, station owner. Boy, if you're ever thinking about doing a podcast or a program, consider octalkradio.net. I'd also like to thank our trio of wonderful producers. Another year together with Joan Park, Crystal Nunley, and Haley Stern. If you'd like to connect with me on social media, start with Twitter. I'm CEO Peer Groups on Twitter. On LinkedIn, I'm Richard Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I. My website is criticalmass4forbusiness.com. And until our next show, which will be in 2018, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show. Focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi.